Ready to represent East Coast. I am live from Florida, the land of lizards, snakes, and giant alligators that will kill you and drag you into the river and then drown you alive and you'll die. That's where I live. Now, praise God, we are representing East Coast for the most of us here. We got Brother Allen, you here? Yes, I'm here. All right, Brother Allen is here. Uh, I guess let's start over the morning laugh. All right. Well, Eric, I'm trying to remember. Maybe Alan could remember. Have you ever been on Watcher Radio with us? Um, all right. So with that being said, um, I think Eric might have been on. I don't remember. But and then if Alan don't remember, we don't we don't remember you, Eric. Sorry. I think I was yeah. on for a deliverance, a deliverance session. We were doing some deliverance with some individuals that needed deliverance. That was a few years back. All right. Well, Eric um, has helped us in the Huntington Crusades for deliverance meetings. Eric, uh, Eric uh, was there for uh, a couple crusades, right, Eric? Yes, sir. All right, so let's get into this. Um, praise God, Watch Radio, represent East Coast. We are live, ready, real, and right here on... Uh, a Sunday morning. We're not going to have a really long show today. Alan, how you doing, brother? Doing great. How are you? Alan, uh, let's ask him how many cups of coffee he's had. Alan, how many cups of coffee you had? Approximately four. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. You should be blazing. Uh, HGH, how oh, many yeah. did you have, Eric? HGH doesn't drink any coffee. Believe it or not, not one. <laughs> but if I but if I do recall, if I do recall, someone owes somebody a Starbucks card. I I, I think you yeah, owe Alan a Starbucks. Card. Alan, do you owe him one? I don't owe him think, one. You might think, owe me one, but I forget. I yeah, I think oh. so. I I, th- I think uh, I think Keltron owes uh, brother Alan one. Do I? Okay. You do? I'll get him the green <laughs> goddess cup. And, Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it because I won the Wolfenstein bet? Is that why? I, what, what was that? I, I think I said... No, I said Wolfenstein would not show up. 
Correct. I said he would not show up, and you said you and you. I said <laughs> something like that. I, but uh, God bless him. I said he would show up. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, I was like something like that. All right. So yeah, Wolfenstein is here, so we're ready to go. Is Wolfenstein here? Wolfenstein? Oh no, I'm HGH. Oh, I guess oh, I'm you're not Wolfenstein. Okay. Oh man. This is trying to figure out the name. All right. You know, but um. This is like who's on first? We have first? a lot of uh, a lot of ducks to shoot in a barrel. To you know, we have a lot of uh, Judaizing to attack. Oh yeah, let's get into the Judaite stuff. The word of yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Let's touch on that. Uh, I don't. That I can't. Faith. Yeah. I can't stay on here too long. My mother's here. I got to get her RV ready. She's leaving. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm talking lower right now because uh, she's still sleeping in the bedroom across the hall. But here's the deal. Your voice we, sounds good, though. Uh, yeah. Well, I just, Your voice sounds good. It's a good Thank volume. you. I, I've always liked when a man says good things about me. So um, what we're going to do here, we want to touch on last week. We have a lot of people co- commenting and messaging us uh, about last week's broadcast. Uh you know, we did joke around on that. I, I, I'm sorry about that. That was Guna's idea. So that buzzer in there and all that stuff. Uh, you know, we were kidding around. But the reality, you know what? We were probably hoping that James would come back to him like he used to be and like laugh and stuff. Remember that? And that's why everybody's asking me, was that Redbeard? Uh, yeah, that was him. So... We call him Goatbeard now because he's this angry record of wrong-keeping individual. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but I know him 24, 25 years. Uh, originally ministered with him in New York City. He came out here, stayed at my house. He would lead so many people to the Lord in the name of Jesus, by the way, and um, just had the, the love and the peace of God in his ministry. Uh, When I met him, I met him when Yahoo Chat first came out in 99 or around there. They had audio. And he would have 30, 40, 50 people in there leading him to Christ, repenting. People be repenting. And I was like, wow, this guy is a powerful minister. So I I had to get him out to New York City. He preached out here with three, 400 people out in the streets. Uh, down in the Bowery, 2.33 in the morning, preaching. People getting saved, delivered. People, demons coming out on the ground. Uh, you know, and then the Judaism started. But we had conversations over the years uh, that, and the way I always, this is why I, I guess I didn't realize how bad Judaism was getting. And many people would come to me and like, don't you understand how evil it's become? And they'd be like, no, I talked to James and he told me that the Judaism was uh, uh, the root, whatever they call it, um, was kind of an extra. Hebrew roots. What? Hebrew roots and stuff like Uh, that. Whatever, you know, I didn't pay any mind to it. Because I knew James so well, and 
you know, my closest friend, you know, so um, been there when, when my father passed away and, you know, just a real special individual. And he explained it to me back then. I, I remember probably 10 years ago, I had a conversation with him about it. He said it was just kind of like an addendum where you love the Lord and this is kind of an extra we're going to, you know, we love you, Lord, and we're going to uh, keep some of these feasts or whatnot. I don't see anything wrong with that. If you wanted to assemble and praise the Lord, you know, <laughs> I, just, I just didn't see anything wrong with it. But, however, um, I think that it shifted somewhere where... um. In some of them, and, and I'm not talking about the, uh, uh, the, I don't know if you call them sacred namers. You see, I haven't been studying this because I, I've been so busy uncovering satanic libtards and covens of witchcraft, which have been such an enemy of this ministry. Alan will tell you, in Huntington, we had buried curses things in there, and we had... Uh, Witches, warlocks that had repented and had showed us how they attacked the meetings. They put accursed objects in the meetings. And this happened to us in the Philippines with the covens. So we're battling witches and warlocks and covens. And I never really thought that I have to be watching the Hebrew root people or the sacred name people because James explained it to me in a way where I just didn't see it as a problem. And you know, Richard, I, um, just as the atheists joke about Christians having a thousand Protestantisms, it might be the case that there's, you know, a hundred or dozens or hundreds of, you know, branches of Hebrew roots of different styles of Messianic Judaism floating around right now that we don't know about. Because um, anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know much about it. There's plenty of people on YouTube uh, that have come out of it, like that sister on YouTube, what's her name? Uh, One Stitch in the Veil. One Stitch in the Veil is her YouTube channel. You know, she explains, uh, and you could feel the peace and love and compassion of God on her message. If you want to check out our YouTube channel. Um, we lost Eric, the Z-Lock. Um, but again, Getting back to what Alan's saying, we just don't know um, all the different sects of uh, and the tentacles of the of the organization, right? I mean, it's it could be right. you know much bigger than we thought. So, whereas the root of it seems to be that uh, they're basically trying to keep um, portions of the law which the apostle Paul came against in Galatians and in Philippians chapter three. And, um, thus they, uh, yeah. they have to minimize the apostle Paul and, uh, subtract yeah. from his ministry, even though the apostle Peter, uh, called him, uh, his writing scripture and so on and so forth. So, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, Eric, are you back? Eric, are you back? This is like amateur hour here. With this connections, I mean, where did he go? Can you text him and tell him to call back in? 
Yes, I will do that now. All right. Are you back? Eric, are you there? Eric. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. What's going on? Uh, right. I, it was, uh, for some reason, it disconnected, but I'm here now. We we never had that problem before with anybody in that group, and we had it for three years, so something wrong with your connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, maybe. I just, I'm in now, so. All right. Alan, are you back? Back for more. All right, let's go. All right. So okay. with that with that being said, Eric is back. Um, we don't know all the facets of the uh, rooters. We'll call them the rooters, the rotor-rooter movement. Um, again, James explained it to me different. It seems like he's changed, uh, kind of angrier. Uh, that's why no one recognizes him. I don't know what happened, but you know, people message me, is that Redbeard? Yeah, that's what we remember. Not him, but he is, uh, very angry and, this doctrine, I believe, I, I believe you're probably seeing the manifestation of the fruit of that, that doctrine. Uh, the letter of the law killeth. And, you know, I think the, the mis- big misunderstanding is that, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not throwing the law out, but the law should be written on our hearts, understanding uh, the Ten Commandments, the Mosaic aspects of the law no if you wanted to keep portions of them to please god and so on and so forth do whatever you want but scripture is clear that we are saved by grace there's nothing you're going to do in performance that's you know what pleases god faith faith in the exploits of mark 16 and the commandments of the commission of the gospel okay that's what god expects of us However, uh, the performance and ordinances of Mosaic law uh, are killeth, killing a lot of the aspects of the power of God. Now, we've had p- the power of God move in our meetings. We use the name Jesus, okay? Um, Jesus works. You know, I'm from the old school. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Anybody else like that? That's right. Amen. 100%. And, you know, um, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I, I, you definitely have a really major issue when someone comes along, takes the 27 books of the New Testament, and wants to basically dump out about 15 of them. You know, I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to go after Paul and say that, um, Judas is where he's supposed to be. In you know in the numbering of the apostles, 
and we subtract Paul, you know, you better be prepared to subtract Peter also. Not only just Peter, but now you have to subtract Jude since Jude brings up the apostles. You have to subtract all of Paul's letters. I mean, all of Paul's letters, all of Peter's letters. And what's frightening about it is, you know, if you're if you if he's going to have an issue with this whole Paul thing, he's going to have an issue automatically with Peter because, you know, in second in second Peter two fifteen. Peter says, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord Jesus is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So automatically, you know, wisdom comes from God. And now we're going to just, you know, now we have Peter approving of Paul, talking about how he has this beloved, our beloved brother and his wisdom as also in all his epistles, it says here, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable, they wrestle as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So, you know, this is, this is you, know, we, you know, we may have joked around a little bit last week, and, and, you know, but this is a very serious issue. Um, he, he, this, um, individual, what is he, what is his name? Redbeard? Is that what you guys call him? Alan calls him that. We call him, okay. well, uh, his well, name is James, but, uh, we call him Redbeard or Goatbeard, yeah. Well, James, James, this is a serious issue with James. I mean, because if he's going to renounce all of Paul, I mean, he needs to, you know, the, the, the listeners have to understand that this is serious and he has to come to repentance. And if he does not come to repentance, then, I mean, not, not, not for nothing, but Paul talks about individuals like this throughout the whole, the whole entire New Testament, that they have to, they, 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 they are given over to Satan for blaspheming until uh, in, they in repent. Defense, in defense to Goatbeard, I don't think he's gone over that cliff completely like other Hebrewites, Judaizers have. I think his position, and like Alan touched on earlier, there's different sects of these Judaizers. They have different belief systems, and they all kind of merge together. But I think he okay. believes that that Paul's just a lesser apostle. Um, oh, mm. se- self-proclaimed apostle. That's pretty uh, bad, though. That yeah, means that um, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he, that means he doesn't believe that the Holy Spirit. Okay, didn't put him there. I mean, didn't Jesus say in the book of Acts, I have chosen you as a vessel. This is my, you know, when, when, you know, when the other apostles were still scared of Paul, you know, Jesus had to say, no, he is my chosen vessel. Because the other, you know, the other disciples were saying, hey, Lord, you know, this, you know, this guy's going around and, you know, he's, he's shipwrecking, you know, he's going around and he's putting people in jail. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He is now a chosen vessel for me. This is my chosen vessel. So now we have the Son of God, we have Jesus Christ saying that Paul in the book of Acts is a chosen vessel. So, if, you know, are we going to now discredit the book of Acts, you know, and say that Jesus is wrong, you know? So, and that's, that's why, the, you know, the Hebrew root stuff, it's a ra- it is a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole, and it just continues to go further and further, and there's so many different sects, and all of them are very scary because they can eventually lead to just completely, eventually just 
discrediting the whole entire uh, New Testament. Yeah. So modern-day Judaizers, uh, let me look up the definition of a Judaizer. Judaizer was a faction of the Jewish Christians, both Jewish and non-Jewish origins, who regarded the Levitical law of the Old Testament, um, and they went around converting people to follow the Mosaic law and tried to convert Gentiles to follow Mosaic law. But this, I guess, is kind of what the book of Galatians is written on, what Paul was dealing with there. Um, This Judaizer's we're literally creating problems for uh, the church set up in Galatia. So Galatians 3, 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Period. Right there. Um, so there was some type of Judaism going on here. And Paul was coming. I, this is why they make Paul. I see some of the Hebrew rooters. Let's call them the rooters. Some of them um, actually say that. Paul was completely false, and some of them, as you can see, are saying he was just a lesser, uh, a self-proclaimed apostle. And I think that's kind of a buffer they're putting up there because a lot of Paul's writings contradict this Torahite, Torism thing. And it's quite evident this was going on, right, Alan? I mean... Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, um, not only Paul, the, the Apostle Paul comes against uh, this law keeping in Galatians and uh, Philippians three. But also, uh, if he if we're going to call Paul a false apostle, we practically have to call the entire first century church false because the whole book of Acts lays the groundwork for Paul's apostleship. And as Eric touched on, um, the Lord Jesus appeared. Uh, and basically said, this is my chosen vessel unto the Gentiles. So we'd have to think the entire first century church was deceived by Paul into thinking that Paul was an apostle. Uh, you know, even the apostle Peter was somehow deceived, who learned face-to-face from the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and it all has to be thrown out because people in the, you know, these law-keeping Christians in the 21st century, uh, they want to uh, call Jesus Yeshua and grow beards and blow their chauffeurs. You know, we got to throw all that out for them. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, nonsense, frankly. And uh, and the funny part is, I even watched the video where one of these law keeping Christians alleged to, you know, have some critical verse or critical insight into the New Testament on how uh, on how we're supposed to keep the law. And they pointed to uh, Paul in Romans chapter three, verse thirty one, where he said, uh, uh, "Do we then make void the law through? Uh, yea, we." we established the law. God forbid, yeah, we established the law. So this law-keeping Christian pointed to Apostle Paul writing in Romans chapter 3, verse 31, um, to establish the law as something Christians are supposed to do, 
when Christ fulfilled the law out of his own mouth in Matthew 5, 17. So it's, uh, it's just a big self-contradictory mess once you start to say, we're supposed to throw out Paul. So it's a big, it's a big mess. Amen. Yeah. I kind of want to, I kind of want to also add to, to, uh, what brother Allen's saying here. Um, I want, I just want to make sure, you know, the listeners aren't thinking that we're all saying here, okay, this means that you can go and, and sin left and right and so forth and so on. Cause, uh, you know, we're telling people that we don't have to keep the law of Moses. You know, we're, we're talking about, when we're talking about the law of Moses, you know, we're talking about mandatory uh, feast keeping, you know, uh, keeping, you know, keeping feast days and you have to keep the Sabbath or you go to hell or we all have to go through the ritual of circumcision because, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these Jewish sects believe that there is a, there's, there is a, a certain circumcision ritual that has to be done. And that's something that Paul also addressed. So, you know, we're not saying that, you know, oh, this means we're free to sin, you know, obviously we're not because I, I, I can affirm that all three of us aren't, um, none of us believe in once saved, always saved on, on this line, you know, so, you know, we're not saying to go out and sin, but you know, the rituals, if, if someone wants to keep a ritual, fantastic. Praise God. Have a great time keeping the, you want to keep the Sabbath? Praise God. But the second you start to make these, uh, rituals, um, mandatory or else you're going to hell, you have a major problem because according to Paul in Galatians, if this is what you're doing and this is what the Judaizers in his day were doing, you have fell from grace. That's what Paul says. You have fell from grace. Those that attempt to keep these uh, uh, rituals saying that they're all mandatory. They're not mandatory. Um, we have the freedom and grace in Christ to keep them if we want, but we don't have to. And uh, what a lot of these, um, and I'll just add one more thing, and I'll, I'll give it over back to you guys. The only other thing that I would add is that in Galatians, you know, when Paul, when Peter had to, when Paul had to rebuke Peter, because Peter was under, you know, he was a little worried because uh, there were some Judaizers that um, attached to them, and when they came, Paul wanted, didn't want to eat with the Gentile Christians. You know, and then Paul goes over and says, you know, you, uh, Peter, who, uh, you know, you don't, he even says he doesn't even live like a Jew. And it says it over here. It, sa it says um, he had to rebuke Peter. Let me see here. Um, I'm looking for it. If, if you guys can help me, it's in Galatians. I don't know if it's Galatians. It might be Galatians 2. Um, but he talks about... Um, Peter, he rebukes Peter for Peter attempting to live like a Jew. He says, you, you knowing that we can't be justified by the law of Moses, um, you don't even live like a Jew. So, you know, it's a wonderful thing to try to keep these feasts, but in the same respect, it, it can lead down a rabbit hole of falling from grace. And that, that is my 10 cents, guys. Yeah, Alan, you um, have a rebuttal for him? Uh, no, that was beautiful, brother Eric. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate and, uh, it. And add to that, no, no, it's just be, praise God. I'm so glad you're here. And um, uh, that was a beautiful point you made about, uh, you know, Paul rebuked Peter for, you know, Peter, you don't keep the law when they're not looking. Uh, and also, um, gee, the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, follow me. He said, I am the way and the truth and the light. And he didn't say, 
follow the law. And he didn't say keep the law. And even Hebrews 8, chapter 8, verse 13, which may or may not have been written by the Apostle Paul, even there in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13, it says that the law waxes and decays. So it's not something that uh, is the law. Yeah, Christ fulfilled it. Matthew 5, 17, he told no lie. And, uh, you know, we follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, we, you know, and we have love in our hearts and we follow after the spirit. We we fulfill the law also. Amen. Yeah, incidentally, that verse, uh, that 517, 518, that they kind of make all the foundation over that guy, um, R.L. Salberg did a whole study on that, that the reason why it says law and the prophets, that's known as a Tanuk. And that literally means the Hebrew Tanakh, scriptures. Yeah. It means the Hebrew scriptures. So what Jesus was saying, <laughs> that's why it says the law and the prophets. That's the Hebrew scriptures is what he's talking about. Will everything written about him will be fulfilled. That's what Jesus was Amen. talking exactly. about. Exactly. Right. Um, so yep. they take the law there and they want to uh, indoctrinate Judaized people with that verse completely contradicts everything Paul was talking. Uh, obviously, Paul was against all this, and including Peter, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but remember, check out R.L. Salberg on his teaching on that verse, where he literally says it means the Hebrew Scriptures. The law and the, the reason why it says the law and the prophets He's talking in the, the, the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the fulfillments in these books of, of Christ yep. right. would would come to pass. Okay? That's right. Not mandatory law keeping, because I got news for you. <laughs> keeping the law is not as easy as people think. And if, oh, you're, trying to, if you're trying to justify yourself under the law... And if you, and this is the problem, these Judaizers, they get a high mind about themselves, and they begin to frown down upon other believers as paganites, and this is very dangerous. Oh, yeah. This is a very dangerous behavior, where you're having a door open to a, a pride spirit, and that's going to be a big host for other demonic powers to, to engage you. This is the danger of it, people. And I'm telling you now, um, stay humble. Don't allow that. To, don't be looking, frowning upon other people that don't have what you believe to be the truth. Don't be frowning upon these people. These are our brothers, sisters in the Lord. And that is the greatest commandment, by the way. Jesus said everything can boil down to this one of the greatest commandments is that we would love one another, and this would be a sign unto the world. What we see here with this division of the Judaizers, the Rooters, the sacred namers, you see a great division of anger, strife, and contention, contemptuous behavior, um, and a lot of fighting, and that's not really manifesting the fruit of love, is it, Alan? No, not at all, because uh, the Lord Jesus said, uh, love one another as I have loved you. And, uh, you know, the Christians should be characterized by love. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. 
it says in one of the epistles. And uh, also, uh, the, the, you two gentlemen, I, I, I rem, I'm reminded that uh, don't doesn't somebody who wants to keep the law of Moses have to keep the entire law in its entirety? So correct. Um, you know, it says that in, yep. it says that in the New Testament, and also says that in the law of Moses, you got to do everything. So they don't they're not holding temporal sacrifices. They're not doing every last final thing. So um, they're not even keeping the whole law. So they're violators of the law. So I don't know what they're thinking. God help them. Amen. Right, right, Alan. That's 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 true. One sec, um, uh, HGH. Um, what Alan said is pertinent to the verse I was just going to read, and it's in James, um, James chapter two, verses ten to twelve. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point, he is guilty of all. Okay, then he went into the whole aspects of hypocrisy uh, on the uptick and the upscale that Jesus preached about in the Gospels. There has been an uptick and an upscale. When people talk about keeping the law, they don't understand that Jesus actually amped it up. He amped it up to make you understand that you need a Savior more than ever before. And when he started preaching about divorce and remarriage, they were terrified. They said, well, who's going to make it? Because Jesus said, because of the hardness of your heart, you got that bill of divorce. It was not supposed to be that way. You see, when God gives you something out of the hardness of your heart, that's not particularly a good situation. Um, They got the quail. Uh, in their mouths out of the hardness of their heart in the wilderness in the book of Psalms you can read about what happened to them it wasn't particularly good so the reason why and and right here James um, up it goes into those upticks and those upscales of the law meaning they've been amped up the high priest or Jesus Christ amped them up to turn up the heat even more you want the law? Okay. Well, I'm. it's shifting here. Okay. Adultery is going to be, even if you look upon a woman, what are you going to do about it? Um, divorce, you missed that one. You're all basically in big trouble because now when you put her away and then she's involved in sexual acts, you're guilty of that adultery and fornication. Good luck with that. So that got amped up. You had adultery got amped up, simply looking lustfully. Then you had, of course, murder got amped up. What do I mean by that? Anger was attributed to murder. If you're angry. So you see, and then also the shifting also took place for an eye for an eye. You have to forgive. (laughs) No more revenge. So you had forgiveness replacing eye for an eye. You had the bill of divorce. You better need a savior in that case. Many of us, many of us out there, some of these Hebrew rooters are on their fourth wives. Okay. Uh, You need a savior. You need grace more than anything. And that's what Jesus was trying to do in that message. He was saying, (laughs) with God, it's possible because they were like, who, we, who's going to make it? If the bill of divorce was giving out of the hardness of our hearts, who's going to make it? Jesus explained it to him. With, for, with God, it's possible because of grace. 
not by the ordinances of the Mosaic law. And like Eric touched on and made it pretty clear, we are not osis at all. We're saying that the grace keeps us, but we do not want to open doors to sin. Of course not, because that invites spiritual demons and wickedness into our lives. However, the ordinances of the law, if it, you try to keep them all to justify yourselves by them, particularly making yourself an elitist in the kingdom in some way, looking down upon others as pagans, you've opened yourself up to a spirit of pride. And um, in James chapter 2, verse 10, he explains that if you stumble in one point of this, if you're going to justify yourself by this, um, you better understand that you're going down for all of it. So I would, I think the warning here, and like Eric was trying to say, and, and Alan, Alan touched on it, um, this is serious. You know, this is very serious because we're talking about the entire facet of the law coming crashing down upon you. Why? Because you shifted your belief system from grace to the ordinances and performance of some type of mosaic ritual. That that's the pleasing facet of the kingdom of God that you have to engage in. It is a burden. And you could tell by the behavior of some of these folks, the fruit of the Spirit is just wiped away in many of them. And I'm not saying all of them, but it seemed like the upper enchilance of a lot of them, it's like the FBI, the field officers are okay, but when you look at the top floor, there's some wickedness going on. And I think some of this has to be exposed um, when you look at a lot of the fruit going on. It's not the Lord. And now that they're introducing this Judas gospel, which is another thing that's whack, by the way. I don't want to get back into that again. But Eric was saying that this is nothing new, right, Eric? That the, the Gnostics use yeah. this, they use the, the same doctrine to bring in what's known as the gospel of Judas. Is that right? Yeah, so, you know, after the apostles and after the, you know, after Paul and Peter were martyred, when you go into the 100s and the 200s, um, you had a sect of Judaizers called the Ebionites. And the Ebionites were also telling individuals and Christians that they had to keep the law of Moses to be saved, and, and they were you know they were just very self-righteous. Um, one thing I wanted to just bring up real quick before I get into that, um, you know, this channel for over the years, Richard, you, you know, you've been very keen on, you know, warning people, breaking curses over people's lives, uh, bondage, and breaking these these demons that have, that have this hold on individuals. And over the years, you've you've done that. And you know, you know, the reason why we're trying to warn people here is because this is not a like like you say, uh, Keltner. This this is not a game. I mean. You read in Galatians 3, for as many as are under the works of the law are under a curse. This is a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the Lord to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Now the issue here 
is that Jesus, Jesus Christ became a curse for us, okay? So if you want to start keeping the law, just be prepared, okay, to take that curse back, okay? This is why, this is why our Redeemer came to earth. This is why he came. He came to become a curse for us. So just be prepared, okay? Uh, Paul says you're not under grace anymore. You're under a curse, okay? Do you want to be under a curse? You know, because what you're doing is the book of Psalms and also in the New Testament, it says that you're taking Jesus back down from the right hand of the Father because you're saying, hey, I don't need you, Jesus. I can do this all on my own. I don't need the unblemished Lamb of God. I'm a self-righteous person. Well, just be prepared to get into bondage and also be prepared to have a curse upon you. You know, this is why Jesus came, and this is why, as Keltner always says, this is not a game. Not a game at all. This is serious stuff here. Brother Allen. Thank you, Richard. Yes, amen to everything Eric said. And uh, if you look at a list of all the great Christian revivalists from the last 150, 170 years from, uh, uh, from John G. Lake, Alexander Dowie, uh, uh, Charles Finney, all the way up to modern days, all of them were uh, Christians who called Jesus, Jesus, and they had a gospel of grace and casting out devils and healing the sick. None of them were Hebrew roots. None of them kept the law. None of them had beards. None of them blew shofars. All of them called Jesus, Jesus, and had the gospel I just mentioned, which is a great, glorious, wonderful, God-blessed gospel. So, um, you know, because the Lord Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, verse 43, a tree is known by its fruits, and none of these guys, these uh, Hebrew roots type people, have fruits anywhere close to the, the fruits produced by Christians who had a gospel of casting out devils, healing the sick, and calling, and just calling Jesus by his name, Jesus. Uh, I mean, and, you know, and, and, and in every language, they have their own way of saying the, the name of the Lord Jesus. And didn't you know someone, Richard, that would cast out devils by saying, in the name of the Son of, Son of God, I cast you out, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, that's how I learned deliverance from that man. Amen. Uh, Amen. Thank you, Richard. One of the most powerful deliverances ministers I've ever known, Tommy Seneco, um, was uh, Puerto Rican. And he taught me a lot, too. He used to show me all his videos. He'd go around the world to these Latin, Latin countries, Costa Rica, uh, and he would show me um, the videos, and he would do mass deliverance. And um, he was using uh, Jesus, <laughs> okay? Yeah. He was saying Jesus Christo or something. And yes. I didn't understand it, but I, I was watching the manifestations. And the power of God moved, so I could not... Man, you're talking about hundreds of people being delivered in, in, in a couple seconds. It was just a flash of God moving. This is what I'm talking about. It's like... And you know what, Alan? There's some scholar recently that we've um, uh, been in contact with. He literally, a Jewish uh, scholar, 
said that the uh, Greeks actually called Jesus Jesus, no, Jesus, and the Romans called him Jesus. Okay, so it's the Romans said Jesus, the Greeks said Jesus. Um, yes. So Paul most likely was using, since he was to the Gentiles, he most likely was using Jesus because that would have been Rome. Um, the problem is when you're dealing with a name that others don't understand and you have to teach them that that's the name, you got a whole nother hill to get over. You see what I'm saying? Like if if you walked Absolutely. around New York City right now with a shirt that says Yakshukogasha Mashiach saves, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, not many it's people true. are going to get offended. They're not going to be offended, no, because they don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I actually but, have a testimony for you guys about this whole thing. I'll give it to you in a second. Whenever you're ready. Okay, so <laughs> people will be offended if you have Jesus saves. They get really worked up for some reason. So that's my point. The devil hated is, you know, Paul obviously knew the different names that were being portrayed of Christ at the time. I just went over them. This is archaeological finds. Um, Alan uh, was going to read it. I think he has it. Alan, do you have that blurb? Ah, uh, you know, I don't. I don't have that blurb handy. But basically, okay. I think the substance of it was. Uh, you know, and the, the the Romans in Latin would call him Jesus, and uh, the Greeks, which was the international language of the day, thanks to the Greek Empire that preceded the Roman Empire, uh, they called him Jesus. I, I don't know. I'm probably yeah. It was, that. It was I. So, yeah. I, but yeah, let me let me let me cap it up. Let me cap it up with this: the G- Jesus spoke Aramaic, and he literally was known in Aramaic to pr- to pronounce. His name in Aramaic was Yishu, 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 Yishu or something. Yeah, E I S S U or something. Yeah, it was Yishu. So you have Yishu, you have Jesus, and then you have Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is that Aramaic was the language that was being used in the temple, according to that Jewish scholar, in the time of Christ. So, Yeshu, <laughs> it wasn't even Yeshua Hamashiach, okay? The, the Aramaic pronunciation was Yeshu. Now, the Roman pronunciation was Hazus, and then the Greek would have been Iazus. So, they understood who Jesus was by those names, those, those sections of people, to go to these sections of people and then try to explain to them, no, don't say that. Say, you know, would have been a burdensome, you know, they were already on the run from the pharisaical order and from later being Nero and everything else. Um, they weren't doing that. They were doing what works at the moment. And my friend Tommy Sanigo, 20-somewhat years ago, um, over in Costa Rica and all those countries, I I watched him minister in such great power. I mean, demons were spitting out of people's mouths in projectile force. I mean, they were carrying people away. 
Okay? So, um, this debate and arguing about names and about how you have to keep mosaic order and all this and how they frown upon other believers as being paganites is really, really distorting the kingdom of God. And the Lord is not happy about it. This is not the Lord, people. We should be doing the exploits described in Mark 16 and furthering the kingdom, furthering discipleship, the debating and arguing contemptuous behavior and the frowning upon others uh, and insulting of others that you don't know, you're dumb. Uh, I was called an idiot last week. You know, uh, maybe I don't know all about this stuff because I didn't really look into it because I always thought as, hey, they're just trying to please God a little bit more and praise God. That's awesome in my mind. If you want to do something that's going to please God, light a candle or something. Incidentally, it wasn't candles. If you want to get technical, it would have been oil lamps. So you uh, ordinances of Yahwehites, it should be an oil lamp. That's all they had. They didn't have candles. Okay? So get rid of the candles. Um, I want to read something here real quick because we just read James. And then um, I think Alan touched on um, Galatians or it was uh, Eric, um, that there's a curse of the law for those that try to uh, engage in the the law as their way of saving the uh, salvation being pertinent to it can be dangerous. Now, getting back to Acts chapter 15... I think Alan touched on this earlier. Um, There was some debate going on. The Judaizers, you see, Eric's right. The Judaizers have been around a long time. There's nothing new under the sun. The things that have been shall be again. This Judaizer thing has been going on a long time. So it tells me that it is a demonic uh, thing. We've been dealing with witches and warlocks and Satanists, and I've been neglecting this, but I'm going to have to get into this more because this Judaism is a problem. And I, I get the same sense in my spirit when I when I look at this through the eyes of the spirit, I feel the same gnawing of like witchcraft. It's kind of, you know what I mean? I get that sense in the spirit. Actually, Paul did mention that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, well, you just touched on another point that we we haven't met. I don't think we mentioned yet is that in, in in Paul's in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians, when he's going through why it's such a colossal mistake to try to keep the law, he says at one point, "Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you?" And and I don't think Damn. the Apostle Paul would use a term like bewitched lightly because you know the law of moses says that you know witches are real you know thou shalt not suffer a witch to live and we've had you know uh especially you richard have had run-ins with uh witches and witchcraft and praise god you you overcame that test and you and you passed that test and you live to tell the tale and there's some witches that aren't you know they're uh six feet under now and not you praise god forever um so um yeah, witchcraft is uh, definitely a curse probably landed on him, uh, on the average Judaizer, because 
one of the ways Satan takes you out is, oh, you're the greatest. And another way he takes uh, people out is, oh, you're the worst. So, uh, you know, some prideful uh, Judaizer probably had uh, some witchcraft land on him. And all of a sudden they're growing beards and blowing shofars and scolding people for not calling Jesus Yeshua. So, right. yeah, you think you're getting the sense witchcraft is a part of this, Richard? Yeah, sadly, it probably is. So may we uh, live uh, lovingly and humbly and graciously before God. Amen. And Brother Allen, I if, I, I, if heard I can a- add a little. squawking in the background. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, HGH, HGH wanted to add something. Um, you know, for everyone that's listening, okay, that it gets that's starting to sadly get hung up on this whole Yeshua Jesus thing. You know, Jesus is a transliteration. There, you know, in in when when we get into um, textual criticism, when you get into that area, when you get into the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, you know, you have translation and you have transliteration. Okay, translation is when someone translates a name into a different language, and then transliteration is when they literally take the same word and they just bring it over to the other language. For instance, Jesus is a transliteration, okay? So, it, you know, you're not saying anything pagan. It does not come from Zeus, okay? Just like uh, Richard was uh, touching on it, it comes from Greek, Jesus. Um, they, you know, I, I've had a lot of run-ins with Hebrew roots, a lot. I just actually had one a few weeks ago with one that came in, Um he started, he, for some reason, I'm at my job, he looked at me, his eyeballs opened up really wide, he looked directly at me, and he started screaming, it's Yahashua, not Jesus, it's Yahashua, not Jesus. I didn't even say anything to this guy, you know? Um, he just came over to me and he started screaming, and, um, and I, had to, I calmed him down. And I had to explain to him, you know, because what they usually like to do is they usually like to say, oh, well, the J sound, the J wasn't around past the 1600s. You know, it came afterwards and it was an I. Well, let me tell you something, okay? God is the one that confused the languages, okay? We have a sovereign God that throughout history, okay, language isn't just changing on its own. God is in, is in full control. He wanted it to be Jesus, okay? But if someone's going to try to use that, that whole lingo about Jesus not being, uh, not being good because the J sound, okay, well, that means if you're going to go with that horrendous logic, okay, then that means that you have to go into a 1611 King James, and you're also going to have to stop using a lot of other words because there wasn't, no, there wasn't a V sound either, you know? Um, for instance, you know, when you were re- when you read in 1611, okay, it it says, "For I see into you, I may impart some spiritual gift to the end of you." Okay, this is I'm just trying to get to it. Give me a second here. Okay, so unto. So if someone says, "I purpose to come unto you," okay, in the 1611, there was no you either. Okay, it was V N T O. So language was just different, and God is the one that evolves language, okay? So that's really what I wanted to add to that. Yeah, Eric, Eric made um, a good point. It was God that, that, that interjected Babylon on, on the earth and created all the different languages. That was when they were building the Tower of Babel, and that's where correct. Babylon was, was bestowed, meaning confusion, uh, different languages spiked up at that point. Um, but again, the name in the Romans was ha- Hazus, 
and in the name in the Greek was Isus with an I. So you had, you had an H and then an I, and then the Aramaic was Yeshu. So it's, I mean, I feel like it, this is a rabbit hole of like a waste of time. It's like, and it's kind of sad. You're not kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to do a message on faith because uh, the Lord gave me a, I had a thing happen to me. I wanted to speak on a message to encourage people in faith to stand and endurance. And I, I'm in this this crap hole of, uh, it's just evil. I mean, it's just not the Lord. In a, man. It's a vortex. It's a demonic vortex. <laughs> it's a good word. It's kind of vortex. It's kind of sad. And when I when I look in James, I, he says here, if you keep you stumble on one point, you're going down, man. I mean, don't you see the danger in this, people? Let me look in the Acts. This is Peter. They everybody, the rooters. You just heard how uh, Brother Eric got rooted. He got rooted by a rooter. And the the, the rooter rooter came at him and said, You know, they get real mad about this. You know? Angry. The devil yeah, is a demon. It's, it's almost like a, I, you know, and you guys are Jewish. I mean, Marty's Jewish. You know, I'm Polish. But it's like. That means you're a Jew. Yeah, yeah, right. Eric's uh, Jewish. I, I do. Have, I do have the nose for it, by the way. And I dated a Jewish girl, and the, the the family loved me. They he looks so Jewish because I had the light eyes and the nose. You know, right I fit right in with them, Lucy. Yeah, slide that one in there. Yeah, the Jew, the Jewish uh, family loved me. They can um, take you to shul and not be embarrassed. Anyway, yeah, she lived in Port Jeff. Um, getting back to Peter also came to this revelation. It just wasn't Paul. Like they lessened Paul to be a self-proclaimed apostle. And some of them, I saw a certain sects of the rooters completely wipe out Paul altogether. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is getting dangerous because he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, like Alan always says. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just crazy. I mean, I mean, why don't you understand? It's by grace. All these ordinances, and when Jesus upticked certain things, where anger is going to be murder, where adultery is just going to be looking at a girl, where you're not going to get revenge, you're going to have to forgive, and divorce, and the written bill was a problem, and you better know you need Christ in that. You need the grace. You need the grace to get you through, man. I should understand that. Now, this is where I'm going to touch on here because Peter also understood this. In the book of Acts, it just wasn't Paul, people. It was Peter. And like Eric said, I guess you might have to get rid of Peter. Uh, Acts 15, let me read um, uh, verse 10. Uh, this is when the Judaizers were having a meeting deciding how they were going to inject Mosaic law. You know, this, this is always, almost reminds me of like a culture movement. You know, God is not about, you know, I mean, this, our father is not a Judaizer, people. Okay, just, we, we love him, all right? He's our father. 
this spirit of you must comply or it's just not the Lord. I'd urge you to check out the YouTube channel One Stitch in the Veil. That girl in Oklahoma that came out of the Rooters. And she explains when the revelation hit her one day uh, of the message of grace and how far she was dragged away from the love and character of the Father that it opened her eyes and she just began to weep about it. And she was she got out that way from, it's kind of a cult, I would say. Um, she felt the ordinances were wearing her. And people were contacting her and telling her, can you review me? Am I in violation? Uh, do I, am I paganized? You know, stuff like that. People were terrified that they were paganized all the time. You know, it's getting weird, people. Now, this is Acts chapter 10, verse... No, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 15, verse 10. And Peter says, this is Peter, Now then, why do we try to tempt God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles the yoke that neither we or our ancestors have been able to bear? No! We believe it is through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved. Okay? This is Peter, and he is interjecting okay. his opinion to the council of the Judaizers that they couldn't even manage it. It was a burden on them. It says it right here. That's what it says. Now, you skip down, um, and incidentally, if you further read that, he said it applies to the, him also, that grace. That's right. That they, they were counting on that same grace to get them through because he said it was a burden on them. Okay? A burden. And I encourage you to check out Peter here. Later on, they gathered and they came to a conclusion in verse 28. And the Holy Spirit bore witness. And it says, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That's right. Not to burden with any beyond the following requirements. That you shall abstain from uh, sacrificing the idols, from blood, from meat that's been strangled. And from sexual immorality, okay? Okay. Those were what they came to the conclusion that they were going to bestow on the Gentiles. Okay? Now, we also know that the whole host of other things and the Ten Commandments, of course, and the Beatitudes, the commandments of Christ, the dangers of witchcraft... I mean, there's a whole spectrum of convictions we're, we're definitely under, okay? We should not, obviously, be reading any witchcraft or engaging any tarot cards or any pornography. That's beyond the sexual morality. I guess idols would be under witchcraft. But we definitely have a whole host of, of lists in our mass deliverance manual and we, have, we don't want anything to do with these things. But it's by grace. We're able to escape the curse through coming to the Lord in First John 1, 9 these sins. 
Incidentally, if someone first John one nines their sin with you and comes to you in confidence, um, Alan, should 10, 13 years later, you announce that to people when you get mad at them? Is that a minister? No, everything uh, told to a minister of God in confidence should be kept in absolute confidence. God prevent me God, from ever making a mistake like that or feeling so desperate that I would have to play a card like that. You know, sometimes, you know, God keep me from being so wounded or desperate to have to think I have to do something like that. And it's, yeah, it's a big mistake. May, may we never make it. Amen. Yeah, that's a fruit of a sinister minister. Um. This guy last week was mentioning things my wife might have said to him in confidence. I asked her. She doesn't know. Uh, she has, doesn't even talk to him maybe years ago. But, you know, if if someone's coming to you in confidence in First John 1-9-ing something, you ought not to go broadcast that um, because they put it under the, the blood. When things are under the, the blood covenant of Christ, um, you, you have to let that go you can't um hang on to those iniquities and broadcast them when you get mad at people that's not the lord by the way don't do that i don't know you know i don't do that i've I've tons of people come to me and first john 1 9 transgression and sins and um you know if i ever got mad at them or whatnot i i really (laughs) We do not want to uh, whip out the hatchet and pick it up out of the earth and start smacking them down with it. Right, Alan? Are you still with us, Alan? I am still with us. Okay. And now you reminded me of uh, of uh, the character John Wick, how uh, he kept everything buried under concrete. But when he got angry enough over, his, say, his dog in the first movie, yeah, he... He pulled out a sledgehammer and got out all that equipment. And may we not do that? Uh, yeah, that's not the Lord. When, you don't. Yeah. That's not. That's a sinister minister. Yeah, and I think good. Alan Alan hit it right. Pray that we never get that desperate that we have to play a card like that. I mean, that's pretty low. It's a low life. So, especially bringing my wife into it. Uh, and also, I want to touch real fast Are you kidding on, me? Uh, no, Maria didn't hear the show. If Maria hears it, it's going to be bad because my wife yeah, has no, got no, that no. Filipino <laughs> no. uh, temper, you know? Well, man, maybe but, you should edit out this part of the show, too, because, uh, you know, those Judaizers, God forbid, may want to weaponize this and get this in front of her eyes. So, uh, yeah. There is nothing according to her. So I, I talked to her. Rich, okay. Rich I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to add something, too. Yeah. Um. I wanted to add, you know, obviously, I mean, you guys know this, you know, Derek, Derek Prince said that the basic fundamental of witchcraft is manipulating and controlling people, right? Um, Judaizing is witchcraft because it literally at its fundamental level, it wants to make you do things. It wants to manipulate and control you and tell you, you have to do these things. All right. Or else it, it, it's witchcraft. It's a basic, fundamental form of witchcraft, you know, because if you don't do it, then, you know, Redbeard or, or James would, would, you know, oh, well, you're not doing that. Well, you're not going to heaven because you're not doing that. So, I mean, that is witchcraft. Am I right? I, you know, to be fair to uh, Goatbeard, I don't know 
his entire new doctrine. I did speak to him years ago um, when he was still that kind-hearted guy. And he told me that he was kind of a balance to the wackos of that movement. And he made sense to me, actually. I, but it, it appears to me he shifted into this um, kind of an angry dude. He does karate chopping now stuff, like weird stuff like that. Uh, he karate chops the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah, he karate, he karate chops. So, you know, I don't know. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. This, listen, this doctrine, guys, is not the Lord. You got to get out of it. Uh, check out Amen. some of the teachings of uh, that girl on the uh, One Stitch in the Veil on YouTube. She's got, we don't have to um, go down all these, uh, there's plenty of people on YouTube that are already laying it out for you that came out of it, like her, One Stitch in the Veil at YouTube. She explains uh, what went on, and I don't know. Like Eric said, I, I don't know everything Redbeard believes. I don't know. I, I hope that Redbeard comes back to himself. I mean, I I, I love Redbeard. I don't want uh, this. I mean, this is weird. And, you know, Redbeard's been with me 25 years. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, what is going on here, man? What is this doctrine? What is this doctrine of Judas? You know, that's what... Now, I went to him in private multiple times. I said, you know, bro, this is not going to be... And if... You know what? If he, he says he's my best friend, he should listen and said, you know what? I, I'm going to take a step back from that for a, a bit. And, you know, you're my best friend. You have some concerns. You know, something like that. I mean, we, I think we should have respect for our best friend. And this doctrine of Judas is whack to me. Okay, it's whacked. Rich, can you can you can you just really briefly, okay, discuss and just you know kind of put a little pointer on what 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 when you say doctrine of Judas, can you explain? So what do they believe about the doctrine of Judas? So so what what do they they believe that he replaced Paul or or so 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 what what is exactly is that? Uh, the doctrine of Judas uh, is ba- and by the way, it opens the door to this gospel of Judas. Now that's what's going on. That's why it's yep. dangerous. It's linked to narcissism, and Correct. it's very dangerous for that reason. And they're using it. They use this doctrine of Judas, um, where Jesus spoke to them, and and there was a promise that they would reign in heaven, and Judas was sitting there. But like Alan brought up last week. You know, promises made by the Lord are pertinent to your behavior. And literally turning someone over to be murdered probably would be kind of a monkey wrench to that promise. <laughs> All right. But the Gnosis take it a step further and say that Jesus and Judas had a special agreement and understanding that he was going to turn him over, that make Judas out to be a superior apostle. Um. But the doctrine of Judas gets people entangled in this gospel of Judas, which is called the lost book. Exactly. That was, yeah. Um, in the 200s, yep. So the whole debate is, you know, I believe, and I was trying to say it last week, when Jesus said, while I was here on earth, I kept all of them you gave me, but lost one 
being the son of perdition. Uh, he clearly says on earth. I guess what the the uh, doctrine of Judah, Judas people say is, no, he's talking about what Paul was in Thessalon- Thess- Thessalonians about the man of lawlessness, you know, the the, 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 the little horn with the mouth, the Antichrist. Incidentally, incidentally, there's many Antichrists, okay? There's the Antichrist, just like there's many sons of Belial. You take the word son of Belial, there's many sons of Belial. You take the word son of God, the son, sons of God are used. You take the word son of perdition, there are two types of sons of perdition, which is son of damnation and destruction. Um, in that context, Jesus said, while I was on earth, I lost one that you gave me. Obviously, that was Judas, because Jesus is not on earth in the time of the lawless one. He's reigning at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Ghost is here with us at that time. Okay? Didn't, so it didn't makes no Jesus, sense. Didn't, didn't Jesus also call Judas a devil? I mean, right? Didn't he call him a devil? He goes, I've chosen 12 of you, and one of you is a devil. So yeah, I lost is Jesus one of them. Gonna call... I remember that. Yeah? Is Jesus going to call I... one? Well, they say that, he said, they said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. They try to attribute him to being like Peter, but uh, Peter was just in doubt it. at that moment, and uh, the spirit, Satan was trying to manipulate his speech. Which happens, the devil does try to get our thought process. But this clearly said Satan entered into Judas. That's a big difference. It says he entered into him. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that the son of perdition there was Judas. Obviously, he said, while I was on earth, I lost one of them. Jesus is not on earth for the time of the lawless one. He is not. So... It literally makes zero sense. And Jesus said that the scripture would be fulfilled, meaning, like he said earlier in, in Matthew seven, uh, Matthew 5, 17, and 18, those fulfillments, the one would lift my his heel against me, all the pertinent scriptures in the book of Psalms uh, that point to Judas and Jeremiah um, were being fulfilled. Judas was fulfilling that. And this whole thing that Judas is reigning in heaven is just not true, okay? It's just a way of saying that Paul's not really in the level of the other apostles, and it's kind of a way of downgrading some of his teachings subtly, and I guess eventually altogether. And some of them have downgraded Paul's teachings completely, some of them. Some of them have. So that's the danger of it. This whole rabbit hole is exhausting, I just don't, you know, I want to get back to preaching faith, proclaiming the kingdom, casting out devils and demons, commanding healing, raising the dead, healing the sick. You know, uh, we need to keep pressing in the teaching of faith and standing strong. Uh, This exhausting uh, arguments about names, about Judas is wearing. It's just not, I mean, do you guys feel like this is like a blessing here? I mean, this is just crazy. The whole thing is whacked. Yeah, I think it's a big, you know, things are, it's, there's lots of rabbit trails in the Christian. Eric? 100%. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, um, Judas's type, uh, you know, keep the law. Go ahead. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just think that, you know, when we, when we read second Timothy, uh, two it says that, you know, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God per adventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves of the, from the snare of the devil, which are taken captive by him. So I, I think that by going and entering into this vortex, this, this Hebrew roots vortex, this rabbit hole of uh, Hebrew roots, you know, I mean, it can get to the point where, you know, God has to give, God has to give them repentance. Because I mean, they they they're in the snare of the devil. I mean, this is this is some serious stuff, and it gets to the point where God's going to hand them over, you know. And it, it's 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 very serious. And I I we you know we want to pray for this brother that that you know that he repents. And uh, yeah, it's it's a vortex. It's it's an unbelievable vortex. It's horrible. And incidentally, the um, uh, they keep saying Judas repented. The original word there used there that it says he had remorse. Um, there's a difference between godly sorrow repentance. By the way, when God gives you godly sorrow repentance, like David achieved in Psalms 51, you literally don't want to go kill yourself. You feel the joy of God. Yeah. You feel, yeah, uh, you feel a I mean, release. Yeah. Well, the thing um, is, in Genesis, it, in Genesis, it says that God, you know, God repented of um, the evil that he brought upon the Israelites. Does that automatically mean he repented? You know, what I'm trying to say is repentance doesn't always mean repenting from sins when you see it in Scripture. You know, it, like you said, Richard, it could mean it could be remorse. I felt remorse, change of mind. I turned, but you know, repentance doesn't always in Scripture necessarily mean repenting of sin. So that that's why it's important for these Judaizers and all these other individuals to just read in context what repentance means in that you know in that sentence. Exactly. Um, Esau tried to repent himself. Uh, but it's godly sorrow that worketh repentance. Incidentally, that's right. Uh, one, another thing that's being missed by the Judaizers is um, you know, they want to exalt this uh, Judas to reigning in heaven right now uh, to kind of discredit Paul as being a self-proclaimed apostle. Why? Uh, because Paul wrote a lot of stuff that contradicts their doctrine and they got to find something to pad it down a little bit or pat it down a little bit and that's the issue right. but um this whole thing with remorse being true repentance it's not because Saul tried to repent he felt sorrow too and he got an evil demon god gave him a demon and literally told uh Samuel to stop praying. So, you know, here's the deal. Um, when Jesus himself comes to you, let me ask Alan. If Jesus himself came to you, Alan, right? <laughs> Stood before you and Luke 10, 19 mm -hmm. you, 
and bestowed the power of healing deliverance and then blew on you and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Would you consider that tasting of the heavenly gifts? Yes, that would. I would consider that tasting of the heavenly gifts. Uh, being eye to eye with the Son of God and uh, having him blow on me and Luke ten nineteen me, I behold, I've given you power over all serpents and scorpions. Uh, nothing will, you know. And then he blew on you yeah. and you received the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. would be... No, then, just, just the Luke ten nineteen because they didn't receive it until Acts 2 is what I think I understand. No, but, the apostles uh, had the blowing of Jesus' breath on them. Not many people uh, had so that. Maybe they got it right then and everyone else got it in Acts chapter 2. Maybe that's yeah, what, what I'm saying well, is, yeah. No, Peter, they, they had a, a, an inner dwelling later. I'm saying receiving the Holy Spirit by Jesus blowing on you is a heavenly gift, I believe. Um, so I, I yeah. hold on, Eric. Now, if that's the case, and you believe that, I believe it. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me. It's kind of rhetorical, but I mean, you're talking about God right? uh, standing yeah. eye to eye with you, blowing on you, saying to you as He does that, receive the Holy Ghost. Then saying, "I'm giving you power." to tread on serpents and scorpions and demons to heal the sick. I think that's, and then teaching you how to do it and sending you out to do it. Wouldn't that be tasting of the heavenly gifts? Well, Luke ten nineteen is definitely, um, behold, it's like a yes or no question. Scorpions. Yeah. Well, but the thing is the whole, uh, receive the Holy spirit blowing on you. That happened after the resurrection. If I remember correctly, after Judas was dead and gone, Right? Oh, was it? I okay. Think so. I thought he did blow on which them. actually All right. Which actually reduces Judas even more. But um All yeah, right, my actually, mistake, he did not blow on them. Proves your point. All but, right. No, but it proves your point because uh Judas did, you know, experience more power than most Christians experience in their entire lives and he still betrayed the son of God for 30 pieces of silver. And Satan, after Satan, okay. Into so it. he did bestow the power on them to do the exploits. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So that's also a heavenly gift, no? Yeah, that is that well, is a heavenly gift. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just real fast, Richard. Um, uh, the yeah, but I, I, I'm trying to Paul, get to the pinnacle of what I'm saying here. I mean, doesn't ahead, it say ahead. it's impossible that those that tasted the heavenly gifts to lead them to repentance, or no? That's what it says in the book of Hebrews. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, are we to believe he really repented is what I'm trying to say. I believe that Judas really got apostle gifts bestowed upon him. I, later, yeah. the blowing of the Holy Spirit came, so I was wrong on that. But he definitely received some form of heavenly gift power, no? I mean... That's right. That's right. I mean, he did. If, if Jesus is standing in front of you giving you the heavenly gift power, that's a pretty powerful moment. I would say turning him over to be killed would probably be a problem, you know? Yeah. Um, the betrayer sin probably could be a problem for you. Uh, it does say it's impossible to lead those to, re- to repentance. That have t- And you got to remember, they, were, they received great power to do exploits. They they were operating in the in the true signs and wonders of of Calvary, that that didn't happen yet. But what I'm saying is 
the cross, the power of the cross was being bestowed upon them. Um, so that's another one to, to think about. I haven't really delved in it, but it just came to me. Um, Richard, if, if I could make a, just, uh, just to wrap up one other point is that, um, the, these, um, law keeping Christians that I, I think we already touched on this, but I want to make sure we nailed it, that, um, they like to say that, you know, Paul proclaimed himself an apostle and somehow, uh, we think that uh, it's really easy to pass oneself off as a false apostle when there's uh, not only did he write he, two thirds of the New Testament, but also there's th- ten. We have surviving tens of thousands of copies, about twenty four thousand portions, manuscripts, and minuscules of the New Testament, and uh, these th- these writings of Paul were widely circulated in the first century church because they knew he was an apostle, and we have a. Uh, about 36,000 letters surviving between Christians where they quoted the New Testament to where we could assemble in a New Testament, an entire New Testament from those letters alone, just letters, you know, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm over here in this corner of the Roman Empire. Uh, We could assemble a New Testament if we had to. So um, the idea that one could just stand up in the middle of of all that and proclaim themselves an apostle and fool everyone in the Roman, Roman Empire Every Christian in the Roman Empire is just ridiculous. You can't, you can't do that. If I, like, if I tried to, if somebody tried to stand up right now and call themselves a false, call themselves an apostle, there'd be, you know, thirty people blogging about it and uh, and ten channels trying to denounce that guy. So it's just ludicrous to, to say that Paul successfully fooled yeah. everyone. Amen. Yeah, brother. Eric, I wanted to add. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. So. So what I, what I wanted to add was um, two things, because uh, every time Alan talks, he, he kind of brings to my uh, memory something else, too, which is awesome. Um, first and foremost, I, I actually, when we're getting back to the subject of Jesus breathing upon the apostles, um, you know, I kind of like what Norman Parrish um, used to say. Um, you know, when we go to Hebrews 6, 2, it's, it, you know, obviously Hebrews 6, 1, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us all go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and, and of faith towards God of the doctrine of baptisms in a plural. So, you know, Paul, I, I always, I, I, I take the position that Paul wrote Hebrews. Now, there are people that don't, but I really do believe that he wrote Hebrews. I feel like it sounds like him. But when we talk about um, baptisms in plural, I do believe that. Um, I believe there's more than one baptism. I, I believe that when Jesus breathed upon the apostles, I believe that was, I actually agree with Norman Parrish's position. I think that was a baptism. I think that there's more than one baptism. Um, so the, in, in, in that respect, I, I, actually, um, I actually believe that was a form of a, of a baptism, the blowing upon uh, the apostles, and then obviously the, you know, the water baptism, and then the other one be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, but I do believe I do believe that there's more than one baptism. I think I think that is a baptism. I might be wrong, you know, but that's that's kind of what I I kind of agree with Norman Parrish right now about that. Thank you, uh, brother Eric. Uh, praise mm-hmm. God, we went way over than the 45 minutes. I blame uh, Eric for that, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that Eric's here, I'm the, I'm the easiest one to blame. <laughs> yeah, now that Eric's here, like Alan's getting like a free pass. You know, I guess we'll bring on a new whipping post next week. Yeah, let's bring in uh, Wolfenstein. 
Well, you know, we'll just pile on him, right? Um, he can't get out of bed, though, right, Alan? Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, it's a hard time. Who is yeah. He's real energetic during the day. When he, when he has his Amy's organic soup, forget about it. He's like, let's go, let's do it. And then me and Alan are like, you know, <laughs> we're like going to bed, bruh. You know? It's like he gets his organic Amy soup, and then he goes wild. So what is that? Lentils he eats? Yeah. Um, we're going to get like Wolfenstein on. Yeah. So to sum up today's broadcast, um, we just wanted to touch on, you know, a little bit the way we see this, uh, whatever you call it, Torites, uh, tourism, Torah, 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 Rooters, Rotor Rooter. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, it's just, it's out of control. Okay. Now we had plenty of meetings, power God moved. And incidentally, that's when we read in Acts 15, Peter goes on to explain that. And Paul jumps in later saying, Hey, the power of God was moving powerfully, uh, uh, without all the Mosaic law. That's what they're saying in Acts 15. Read it. So, and that's why Paul said later, what I'm teaching you is backed up by power, dunamis. A lot of, I hate to say it, but these rooters, there's not much power. I mean, it's just not. It's not uh, nothing like we've seen. It's just, I hate to say it. I mean, it's, it's just sad. You have to come out of this and, you know, Eric's been to our meetings, right? Eric, what did you see at Strike the Head of the Serpent? I, the, um, I, I saw the name of Jesus being used. I saw devils petrified of the name of Jesus. I saw a lot, I saw a lot of um, brothers and sisters set free. If it's not broke, there's no reason to debate and argue with people Don't about it. Don't fix it, exactly. Yeah. Come on, people. I mean, Really? We're going to be setting up some meetings again. I have no choice, you know. Um, I talked to John Ramirez yesterday uh, at length, and he wants to set up a meeting uh, for sure, for sure. So we're going to get something going. I know he's coming down to Florida uh, tomorrow. He's going to be in Tampa, I believe. Um so, you know, um, he's on board. We're going to get something going. And I would encourage uh, some of you rooters to come to the meetings that we're going to hold and just see. I mean, you know, we're not apostate, as you think. There's people getting right with God, devils screaming in terror, uh, supernatural activity. I mean, I've seen uh, people levitate in front of me. Demons would levitate the body in front of me. Uh, you know, devils are not happy when we start breaking curses. And incidentally, we we might say son of God. We might say savior. We might call heavenly father, father, and start a Yahweh and all that. I mean, <laughs> come on. We might call heavenly father, Abba. Okay? It's not you don't have to root somebody out like 
Eric was rooted by a rooter. He got rotor rooted. And the rotor rooter attacked him. And what did he call the name at you, Eric? I, I believe he used Yahashua. Okay, yeah. And he started screaming, it's not Jesus, it's Yahashua. Yeah. Don't use that name. Please don't use that name. I had to do the voice, too. Yeah, I had to do the voice. Everybody wants to argue about it. I don't want to argue about it. We, uh, my pastor years ago said, come out in the name of the Son of God, like that. And demons would come out. Um, come on. Why do you have to frown upon us? Because we don't say the way you say exactly. It's not the Lord. And yeah. don't look down on us. Look, Come to our meetings. You're not going to look down on us when you come out of the meeting. I, I assure you. And I will tell you this. Um, Jesus spoke Aramaic. So in, in that time, in the temples, they were calling him Yeshu. Um, it was not Yeshua Hamashinga. It was Yeshu. Um, and in Paul's situation, it would have been Jesus to the Romans. That was the Latin name. So, it's like, I think, um, Eric or, or, um, Brother Allen touched on the, the 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 languages were confused and set up by God. It's called Babel. Um, all these languages and and diversifications the Lord instituted because they were unifying as one and excelling into heaven. And God says they would have succeeded. So that's why the diversification of languages was instituted. Okay. It's not like God saying, I'm going to confuse all the languages here. However, you better get it together right here, right now for this one. And if you don't, that's going to be a problem. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Alan? Right. Yeah, it, being a Christian is for everyone on this earth. It's not reserved Amen. for the special few who happen to know a Jewish Christian who calls Jesus Yeshua, and then, then you're in really in the club, and then you grow your beard and you blow your shofar, then you're really, really in the club. No, 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 no. God loves everyone. God is a father, and when, when he said, uh, when you pray to your father, um, Derek Prince made the point that uh, throughout Scripture, names and titles are interchangeable. When, so father is not just the title of God, God the Father. It's his name also. So when you call him Father in English or, you know, Abba in Hebrew or, you know, Papi in Spanish, that's all the same to him. He's not particular about what language you use. There's other religions that say, oh, you have to have a very high knowledge of such and such language to really know the scriptures in the original form. You know, Christianity is not like that. You take the scriptures, you translate them into, yeah. you translate them into English or Spanish or, or well, Hindi or... He's, he's, he's the one that confused the languages personally. He did that. Amen. So That's right. It's not like he was saying, and an addendum's on here, people. I'm going to confuse all your languages, but for this moment, for the gospel, you better get it right. You know, come on. Now, what I'm trying to say is, please, 
try to reconsider all these arguments and debates about this. You know our viewpoint on the doctrine of Judas. You know how the Gnostic view of the gospel of Judas is slipping in now, which is real evil. Just get rid of it. And incidentally, it was rotting in a uh, deposit box there in Long Island all those years. I didn't realize that. I would have lit it on fire. That's where they found it, the gospel of Judas. But, uh, yeah, it was rotting in, in Long Island. But, um, yeah, can you believe it? So You know, and I, I just want to put one warning out there, guys, also, for these for the rooters, the rotor-rooters. Um, you know, the word Bible, you know, means also book. So, you know, in the book of Revelation, you know, Jesus gives a very, very stern warning that, you know, whoever adds and whoever subtracts from the word, you know, these plagues will come upon them. So, you know, if you're going to go into this this satanic vortex of Hebrew roots, and you're going to start deducting Paul and, you know, the apostleship and the authority that the Lord gave him, you know, just be prepared. You, you don't want to play that game and start subtracting from Scripture and say that this this this, this isn't really that good because, you know, you don't want to get you, – you, that, that's a real serious warning. You know, you don't want to start subtracting from Scripture or even adding to Scripture with this book of Judas yeah. and then end up having these plagues come upon you. It's well, serious stuff. Well, some, some say that was just for the book of uh, Revelation, which is of kind course of they do. But, yeah. but the Bible but, says, But the Bible says that, you know, it, 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 the Bible's one book, although it is 27 books and 66 books in the Old it's It's one book. It, it's... You subtract from anything. I, you're in you trouble. know what? I don't even want this. This rabbit hole of, of the rooters is just, um, you know, it's. Uh, I'm not into it, man. You know, I, I, I got to do other things. I get it. People want to argue this stuff, and I got one up on you on that verse, and blah blah. I, I'm just not into it. I'm not into the rotor rooter rebukeathon. But you know, there's other people doing it on YouTube. Um, there's that girl I told you about, one stitch in the veil that came out of it, and I would. Uh, my prayer is that they d- d- just get back to the simplicity of the gospel. And you know, if you want to engage in certain aspects, fine, but don't be high-minded and get in a spirit of uh, looking down and frowning upon other believers as paganites just because they're not achieving what level of revelation you think you're engaging in. That's the danger of it all. It's like an elitist spirit in, going on here. Very angry one, by the way. Very angry. And the keep, keeping record of wrongs, attacking, name-calling, belittling, uh, condescending. That is, listen, and I'm guilty of it too. I made mistakes. I joked around too much on here last week. Uh, you know, my buzzer that Eric was doing. But, um, you know, we had the buzzer. I think Alan had the crow, right, Alan? I did not have a crow, okay? You didn't? Richard, okay. Thank you. No, oh, I'm sorry. No. Somebody how, how, had how, the, how do I get those sound effects, guys? I don't know. I, I, I heard can, a crow. Can I have sound effects? I thought it was Alan. But it could have been me. Ah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I repent. <laughs> so... Sometimes we just try to we have a little fun and went overboard. But, you know, um, again, we're praying for Redbeard. I believe he's going to come out of it because I remember the old Redbeard. 
and um, he and everybody that wrote me is surprised because they're like, wait a minute, that's not Redbeard. I I know, I get it. It doesn't seem like him because this uh, thing, this doctrine, I think gets people angry. And, um, you know, we don't want to be angry because if you're angry, like we touched on earlier, Jesus amped that up to murder. You're guilty of murder now. This is, you know what I'm saying? The law has been taken to another level by Jesus, literally. Anger is murder. Lust upon a woman is adultery. You must forgive instead of eye for an eye. Divorce is a whole different real whirlwind you better be careful with. And that's when they they got terrified. They said, wait a minute, we got this out of the hardness of our heart? Yeah, Jesus said. That's like the quail in the mouth. That's not a good position. So you better get on your knees. You better ask God for grace and say, Lord, please, I need to make it. I've been divorced four or five times or whatever these, some of these people uh, say they've been divorced. I'm with my one wife all these years, Maria, and I'll be with her the rest of my life. But what I'm saying is we need the grace to get us through. We need it, people. And thank God for the grace of Calvary on each and every one of us. Every day we must thank the Lord for his mercy. Um, with that being said, we went way over. Uh, even with your guys' inferior connections, we did okay. I think Alan's in a car somewhere parked at a Starbucks. Are you, no, Alan? I found, the corner, <laughs> I found the corner of my room where I get a, a 5G signal, so um, I hope yeah. I was clear enough. Yeah, Brother Eric, I want to thank you for coming on, and um, we would hope you'd come back. I, I mean, I love it. I'll come back whenever you guys want me. Whenever you don't I mind get getting the, up uh, early? Invitation. Okay. Yeah. Nah, I don't. I, I don't mind it. I, I gotta. I gotta put my big boy shoes on. Stop being such a little it's baby. Great having I gotta you get up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. The pleasure. The pleasure's mine, guys. Love you guys, and uh, had a great time. And uh, amen. It was great. It was wonderful. Yeah, Alan, can you try to thank... Uh, Great having you. You could thank Eric, please. Um, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Great having you on. And I, I, I really feel like we touched on every point we wanted to make. And you had a beautiful, clear, wonderful connection. And you have a bright, happy voice. And you took all the HGH jokes and you rolled with them. Everything was yeah. great. Thank you so much. Yeah, he doesn't get offended too easy. That's the problem. Nah, I don't get offended too easy. I mean, we call him HGH, and he's not even mad at us. Boy. Yeah. Nah. Um, you do sound like, you sound say, like a man, New Yorker, Richard, though. You sound like a New Yorker. Richard, definitely, uh, I got I to say, Rich, you definitely have a, uh, I mean, he's born, I mean, God gave him a radio voice, without a doubt. He's got the, he's got the radio voice, for really? sure. Well, yeah, I, I don't sound, listen, radio. Brah. I don't sound like a New Yorker like you. But Yeah, but the problem with me is the problem with me is is my voice is also like a little high pitched, so it could be annoying, you know? You got that like whole like Gotti thing going on. That's yeah, what John, John gotta, Ramirez yeah, named you Gotti, by the way. That was your nickname. I know I, I know he did. <laughs> That's a great nickname. Which I definitely want to sound less like I definitely want to sound less like a uh a Jersey, uh, a Jersey guy, you know. I want to definitely work on my. Uh, yeah, I, I sound like a know, southerner lately. My dialect. Like I say, y'all now. 
Yow. Oh, wow. Yeah, y'all. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yow. That's pretty yow. cool. Yow. I say ain't, ain't. I mean, Alan, is it possible for me to lose to, to lose that gaudy dialect that I don't want? No, you'll never. You can't get rid of that. You can if you work on it. I I remember um, one of the first friends I made in college. Uh, he said I've been here for three years, and he was basically in America for three years from you know South America, and his English was virtually perfect. And there's another friend I had who had a Tennessee accent, and uh, it took her a few years to lose it. And uh, you know, you can work on your accent and change it to this or that. You can totally do that. Amen. It's not going to happen for him. I, I want to. I definitely want to. Well, say y'all. Can you say it? How I, I could no, actually say do a pretty y'all. good George Bush. Y'all. y'all. How are, y- how, how are y'all. y'all doing y'all. today? I hope y'all are having a great and fantastic time. There you go. Start listening to country uh, music and say y'all. Be... <laughs> All right, look, we got to get going. I having a good time now. All right, guys. All right, guys. Thank you, brothers. God bless you. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Have a good one.